0: Good morning. Welcome to church. Will you stand with me? Jesus, we surrender to you today. Have your way in this place, we pray.
1: Time for a kid handoff. All right, you can be seated. I'm gonna as we come to a time of prayer. I actually want to read two prayers to you today. I, I saw this recently, a friend had put it online, and I, I like this prayer. And it's uh th- there are two types of prayers I want to go over here as as we seek God today. A while back I read a story of a visiting pastor attended a men's breakfast in the middle of a rural farming area of the country. You Kansas. A lot of Kansans in here. You guys know what I'm talking about. The group would ask an older farmer, decked out in bib overalls, to say grace for the morning breakfast. Lord, I hate buttermilk, the farmer began. The visiting pastor opened one eye to glance at the farmer and wonder where this was going. The farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was growing concerned. Without missing a beat, the farmer continued, and Lord, I know I don't much care for the raw white flour. The pastor once again opened his eye to glance around the room and saw that he wasn't the only one to feel uncomfortable. Then the farmer added, but Lord, when you mix them all together and bake them, I do love fresh warm biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, When we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and wait until you are done mixing. It will probably be better than biscuits. Amen. Well, let me get on to the next prayer here. Another day a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I've done all that. What's left? If you want to give it all, you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions, give everything to the poor. All your wealth will, be, will then be in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus right there wasn't saying, Some of you here need to sell all your possessions. That's between you and him. What he's saying is, there's stuff that come between you and him. It might be tons of money. It might be warm weather and a beach. It might be comforting entertainment. I don't know what it is. But these are two prayers, and they aren't mutually exclusive. So as we come and just spend a little time in prayer together, God is probably saying, hey, wait for this mix to come together. It's going to be beautiful. But he's also saying, I know you've kept all the rules, but there's something blocking that path between you and me, and you need to be active in that. We can be waiting, and we can be active at the same time. You don't have to do one or the other. So let's come to him and just let him fill our hearts. Father, we praise you. Lord, we wait for the good things that you've got in store. Uh, I know it's a dangerous prayer, but help us in our patience. I hate being taught patience, Lord. But we know that it's good to be patient for you. But also, God, those things that are standing between us and what you really have for us, the real treasure, both on earth and in heaven, if we have obstacles up that are keeping us from reaching that, realizing that, help us to just Move those things out of the way so we can truly follow you. We praise you, Father. And we look forward to more of what you have for us. Amen.
2: Good morning. I love seeing your faces. This morning as we go to this beautiful time of extending peace to each other, um, I just want to say I need you. I need you. We need each other. Can we say that together? We need each other. One, two, three. We need each other. I need you. You need me. And in this time that we have, just this short time that we have of of extending peace to each other, that's my prayer is that we can look at each other and realize we need each other. And we need more of each other. We need more than this little 30-second time, right? I know I need it. I, you know, it, it gets kind of lonely sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. That's uh, one of the things that we keep hearing over and over uh, from kids to teenagers to grown-ups, that there is an epidemic of loneliness. I think we all feel it. Yeah. Yes, everyone, everyone, we're all feeling lonely, and so let's practice, all right, will you stand with me, and let's practice extending peace to each other, because we are going to go out into the world and do this with the way that we live our lives, and so this morning, as we extend this peace, I want you to think about that person in front of you and how much you need that person. You may not know them but you need that person. And so let me say to you this morning, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Please extend that peace to each other. And kids, meet me at the back door.
0: like I'm not on. Oh, there I am. If you're, if you're watching online, you're missing a lot of the fellowship that's happening around here, and uh, we let this go a little long because we understand the importance of needing each other and connecting. So give us one second, and then we'll get right into it. So my name is Pastor Guerin, and along with uh, Jason and Jennifer and Tim, we, we serve as pastors here, and it's a joy to serve for you, serve you, and serve alongside you, and I just got to stop real fast. Uh, Corey, Leon, y'all got to come up. This baby has to, well, unless you don't want to, this is going out to the cyber world. Oh, come on up. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to let one of you two introduce this wonderful new (laughs) addition.
3: I guess it's because I used to sing here that she's like, yeah, you go ahead and do it. I don't really want to talk right now. But um, this is Sophia Renee. Um, She is now almost six weeks and honestly is a huge blessing in our life. Um, Me and Corey are very, very grateful to have her. And... very grateful for all the prayers um that you guys have been praying for us and supporting us we greatly appreciate it because when she was first born she had some small um issues that we had to take care of so literally they got her out and as soon as we got into our room they had to rush to NICU and she was in NICU for about a week and that was super scary to see and especially with the wife being in the room and um I was in there with her, and the wife is texting me. Can you send me pictures? Like, no, you don't. You don't want to see none of this. But we definitely thank you guys so much for all your prayers, the love. We definitely felt it, um, and just all the way across the board from all the church families, we greatly appreciate it. And definitely, God, we will finally bring her out so you guys can actually meet her.
0: Well, we love you all. So careful when you're stepping down. Yeah. I don't want you to drop anything. Hey, we do have a couple of announcements that I want to make you aware of. And the first one is, we've had some of you asking how you can help. And we have, we're starting the renovations, and so if you can help, we'll be contacting you. If you've emailed us, if you haven't emailed us yet, and you can help, we would love it. I have a special need, though. I need some help staining some wood. So I need somebody that has space where we can lay out some tarps. We used to do it, all our staining in here when we had, remember the nasty carpet where it didn't matter if anything got on it. But now that things are a little different, uh, we're looking for an outside place where we can, or a place outside of this location. Um, And if it were indoor, that would be great because the next five to seven days say rain. And so if you can help, if you have a place and you're like, yeah, man, I got it. Bring stuff over and we'll get it done. That would be awesome. I'd appreciate it. The second announcement is life groups. So as we're starting into this um, Lord's Prayer section, we're going to be starting in August a small group talking about the Lord's Prayer and the Kingdom of God. And if you are interested in that, I want you to email office at ponas.church, office at church. Let me know you're interested, and we don't even have a day yet. So maybe you'd say, hey, Thursdays work really well for me, or Wednesday evenings work well for me. Let us know if you're interested and a time that's good for you, and we'll go with the majority. So that means some of you are going to be happy, some of you aren't, but we'll try to go with um, where the majority is. So let us know about that. But we want you to be um, thinking about prayer in this coming season in the life of the church which leads me into the third thing which is right now media if you are affiliated with our church if you attend if you watch online in nebraska if you're watching online you're welcome to this we want to give you right now media and it is basically like a netflix of christian bible studies and movies and kids things and veggie tells and people like Francis Chan and other things like that and if you go on there and you google prayer you will find dozens of series by tons of incredible pastors and I just encourage you one to look at right now media and two maybe you uh, just start watching some videos on prayer and maybe it will spark something in you that will compel you into a deeper prayer life so that's um, that's what I have Jason,
1: Leon, when you got on stage, I started hearing a rumbling. I was like, oh man, God's not happy. Then I remembered SpaceX was going up, so it wasn't you. Don't worry. Anybody else hear that? It was like, what is happening? Oh, okay, we're good. I thought my kids were breaking the place down. Well, as we come to a time of offering, uh, you'll see the, the ways to give up here. But let's just turn to God this morning and say, God... What can I give to you so that I can receive more of you? So let's pray together. Father, we often don't know what we need, so make it evident to us that we can start often the hard work of giving up the stuff that divides us from each other, from you, from the ones we love. So Lord, we... Search deep into our souls. and We want to see what we can give to you because the greatest gift will come once we are emptied. And uh, Lord, I know in my life there's been times where I've thought I've got it all together and then realized there was a lot more that I needed to break down and give to you. So, Father, search within me, search within us so that we really might know the goodness, what it means to follow you and uh, just be in love with you. We praise you, Father. Amen.
0: So we had two pretty big things happen this past week. I'm I'm assuming most of you uh, were aware of them. First thing that happened was the James Webb Space Telescope. Have you been as obsessed as I have been over these images of parts of the universe that we've never seen before? It, It makes me think of Psalm 19 that says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make Him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Millions of stars Most of them having planets circling around those suns. They say that if you took a grain of rice and held it at an arm's length, the space that is covered by the rice is the picture that they sent us with the thousands and thousands of stars. Now, just imagine, like, if you had rice and you were just to try to figure out How many galaxies, and it's a lot, isn't it? And then you think, well, that's just one plane. What about this plane and that plane? I'm just amazed. And every time something like this happens, it happened with the Hubble. Now it's happening with this telescope. I just get, oh, I just want to know. I need to know more. I need to know more. It's just so amazing. That's the first thing that happened last week. The second thing that happened last week, maybe this is more your jam, Amazon Prime Days. How many of you participated in Amazon Prime Days? Not as many as I expected. Uh, Well, Amazon had for two days 100,000 items on sale. And in those two days, they sold 300 million items. Now, Most of you would not know this or guess it by the way my office is, but I love organizational things. And so this is actually one of the things I was looking at. I didn't buy it. I I restrained. But there's just something about seeing everything nice and organized, isn't isn't it nice? I want to point out one thing. Um, A lot of you don't realize that if you go to smile.amazon.com, you can actually have a portion of your proceeds go to a charitable cause. And so you can see that we're supporting Port Orange Church of the Nazarene. And I would encourage you to do that, too. Over the course of the year, it turns out to be a nice little check that they send us just because you're already shopping. So anyway, so we've got this um, monumental scientific thing where we just need to know more. We've got this... Um, this Amazon where things we didn't even know existed and all of a sudden we need them, don't we? Have you been that way? It's like, whoa, what is that? It does what? Oh, I've got to have that in my life. We need, we need, we need. That word need, that's a tricky word, isn't it? My, uh, She's not in the room. My youngest daughter, uh, the, our friend, some friends slept over uh, for them and the next morning she said, Dad, we feel like maybe we need some Starbucks this morning. <laughs> need. There are different kinds of needs, aren't there? And with varying degrees. Um, I'll just let you know right now, I told them, no, you do not need that. Um, is the one time I actually said no. Um, You'll learn. You'll learn. It's hard to say no to your little girls. Oh, my goodness. So I started making this list. I started thinking, what are things that people say they need? I mean, we use that word um, very casually sometimes. A lot of times, I'll be honest, the word need for me is a substitution for want or really want. But I started thinking, I made a list. What are some things that we need? here? There are more, but here are some things. Maybe if you're thinking about things that you would say are necessities, things that you need, maybe some of these are on there. Everybody says, I need more time. I just need to be heard. I mean, wasn't it the Beatles that said all you need is love? I just need a little more power. I need food. I need oxygen. I need I need acceptance. We need health. We need our family. We need security. Many of us need praise or recognition from others. We need money. We just need a little peace in our lives. We need Jesus. We need a job. You're stepping on my last point, Miss Janice. Hold on. All right. We need control. (laughs) We need shelter, right? So I'm making this list of all these things that we say we need, and then I started making a second list of all these things that we can actually control in our lives. Nothing. There is very little, if anything, that we can actually control. Because the truth is, We have outside influences working on us all the time, whether it's society, whether it's, I don't know, it could be anything. But we have outside things that are making it to where there's really not a lot that we can control. So what do we do when we have needs, but no control? Well, I think Jesus gives us the solution in Matthew. And Honestly, it's a pretty simple solution. And when I say simple, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So in Matthew 6, 6, we see this. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door. Get behind, uh, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your, your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So speaking of tricky words, that word, um, go away by yourself, in a lot of, the NIV says go to your room. The King James says go to your closet. The um, American Standard Version says go to your inner chamber. The truth is that That word has a lot of meanings, and they're very different. My inner chamber is different from a room, which is different from a closet. Multiple ways to interpret that one word, and that's just in this one passage. Actually, let's add another layer to the puzzle. The the word is the Greek word tamion. And I've talked about this uh, a couple years ago. The word is tamion. And even though it means room or closet or inner chamber in this passage, it means other things in different passages. Jesus referenced that word four or five times. And in one place, he simply, it was translated the word here. It won't be here. It won't be in your tamion. In Luke 12, it's referenced as a storehouse when he says, look at the ravens. They don't They don't worry about what they're going to eat. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store things in their storeroom, in their tamion. So, this word that seemed very simple get away by yourself or go to your room or go to your chamber all of a sudden is much less clear than maybe we thought. It's increasingly complex. So maybe the word tamion is less about the physical attributes since there are many ways that it's described physically. Maybe Jesus is talking more about the spiritual attributes that are behind the tamion. Maybe the tamion is less about a location and it's more about what it means to have a relationship with God. I mean, it's in this section in Matthew 6 where we're talking about prayer, right? Don't pray like the hypocrites. And then the very next section is, when you pray, pray like this. And so, sandwiched right in the middle of this prayer passage of how we're supposed to have this relationship with God is this word. Go to your tamion. So maybe it's less physical and it's more spiritual. Maybe Jesus is trying to tell us what prayer looks like when we're in a right relationship with God. Maybe. So that word had a lot of um, uncertainty. They they translated it as best they could for about 2,000 years. And then something amazing happened about 80 years ago. The discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and over the course of about a decade they found between 800 and 900 pieces of parchment and honestly most of uh, there are sections of most of the books of the old testament in that area but there are also other parchments and other things and one of the things that they found was this piece of paper that had the word tamion written on it and what it was was a list. It was a shopping list. The Tamion was basically a shopping list. This is what we need to get in order to have the Tamion supplied. That's what the scholars deduced. And then the theologians kind of ran with it, and they said, well, when we know what's going on with the customs of the day... And the traditions, and we understand what Jesus is trying to say in light of the Gospels. They came up with a couple of things that the Tamion, what it meant when Jesus says, go to your Tamion. The first thing that, that was prominent in that time was the Tamion was a place, and it was the firstborn son's responsibility to make sure that the Tamion had everything that was supposed to be in it. So the firstborn son would go around, Mom, what do you need? Hey, Dad, what do you need for the shop? Hey, what do we, what do we need for the family? It was the firstborn son's responsibility to make sure that anything that was needed, he could go get so that it could be in the Tamion. It was, What are your current needs? The second thing that the firstborn son did was he would take inventory in the Tamion. And he would try to figure out, okay, we're running low on this. I imagine dad's going to need some more of these. I'm going to go ahead and buy them before he actually needs them so that they're waiting for him. What's mom going to need for this or that? I'm going to go ahead and provide for it so that it's waiting for her when she needs it. Finally, the firstborn would take inventory and he would purchase whatever was needed for the Tamion. And he purchased it on behalf of the Father, with the authority of the Father, and in the name of the Father. Do you see the the spiritual implications for what it means to go into your storeroom, to get alone by yourself, to go into your closet, to go into your tamion. When you pray, go away by yourself. When you pray, get in that space where the firstborn son has already provided everything you need and knows what you will need and has the provision for it. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you. When we pray, we're called to see things differently than the noisy people of the day. They we're more, more focused on having attention brought to their, themselves in their prayers. Remember in verse 5 it says, don't pray like the hypocrites who are out on the streets. When we pray, it's less about drawing attention to ourselves. It's more about getting into communion with God. I just want to be in the presence of God because I know that God has the solution to all of my needs. So when we pray, we're coming into the presence of the one who loves us and who already knows our needs and has already provided those needs for us. So when we pray, we enter our storeroom and we close the door. Shut the door behind you. Um, One guy uh, was talking about how It's so easy for us to carry baggage with us into the closet. These are my troubles. These are my needs. These are my concerns. What would happen if we could leave that all outside the prayer closet and just go into the prayer closet and shut the door so we don't even see those problems for a while? What would that be like? How would that revolutionize your prayer life if you were less focused on your needs and your concerns and your wants and you were more focused on being in the presence of God who is the solution to any problem you have? How would that change my prayer life and your prayer life? I came across this quote. Um, said this, In prayer, We are in the presence of the solution. Or it's not prayer, as far as Jesus' definition is concerned. And once we're in there where the supplies are, shut the door so that the problem doesn't nag. Have you ever been in your room trying to watch TV or something and something's going on in the other room and it's just ugh, it's annoying. It's like why don't why aren't they more quiet? Why don't they stop? Don't they understand I'm And the simple solution is walk over to the door and And then you don't see and hear that as much. And what Jesus is saying when you pray Get away from your troubles, get away from your problems, and come into this place where you're in the presence of God. You are in the presence of the solution to your needs. And let's be honest, out of all those needs, our biggest need, maybe our only true need, is to be in a relationship with God. And that is found in the Tamion, and that's found best when we shut the door and we shut out all the problems and all the things that are distracting us. So let me ask you today. Where are you going to find your solutions? Is it God? Is it your job? Because my job provides money and security and food and it provides. So maybe it's your spouse. We all know people who um, have this codependency that is not as healthy as it should be because they depend on their spouse maybe more than they should. Maybe you're trying to find the solution in yourself. I'm a big boy. I'm smart. I got it all together. I'll figure it out. Where are you going to find your solutions? Because I can tell you that there's only one place Where the solution to your problem will be found. And that's in the presence of Jesus. That's in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Where are you going to find your solutions? Second question. When you enter into a time of prayer, and this is assuming, I am assuming that you all pray to some extent, just like Jesus was assuming when you pray. He's assuming, should I pray... That's off the table. We should all be praying, and everyone knows that. And so I'm assuming that you know that, and you in the cyber world know that. So when you pray, are you closing the door behind you? Are you choosing to eliminate distractions from your prayer life? Are you focusing on... On God, i got to admit, there are a lot of times where I feel like I enter into my prayer closet and say, God, how are you doing? It's been a good day. I was wondering, could you help me with this aspect of my job? Oh, and while we're at it, I also need a little bit more of this. Oh, and I'd really love, and you just load that prayer closet with everything you want, when maybe the better solution would be to leave it all outside, to shut the door, to get rid of the distraction, and to say, Jesus. I just want to be in a relationship with you. God, all that other stuff is going to take care of itself or it's not. And I don't have any control over it. And the truth is, you have all the control over anything you want. And so I'm going to spend time with you and trust you. I'm going to choose not to look at my baggage. And I'm going to choose to look at the solution. Which leads us to the last question. Are you truly praying? Do you even understand that our relationship with God is the real solution? It's the answer. Have you ever, do you remember when you were a kid and you were in math class and you'd like work on a problem and it's like, hey, that's the right solution. How'd you get it? I don't know. And you couldn't connect A to B to C to D. And I wonder how many times in our prayer life, We want the solution, but we're so distracted by all of the steps and all the things in between that are garbling up when if we would just say, all of that, eliminate it. Jesus, I just want you. You are the solution. Whatever the question is, you are the solution. It doesn't matter what's on this side of the equation because on this side of the equation is the solution. So today, our challenge as we enter into this next section of the Sermon on the Mount and talk about the Lord's Prayer and and as we dive into what it means to have true communion with God, our challenge is to learn to enter into our prayer closet. And for some of you, that is a literal closet. That's a place where you go and you shut everything out and that's how you can get rid of the distractions. For others of you, I don't know. For some, it might be when when you're flying, you never feel closer to God than when you're flying and you're just open to talk to God. Maybe for others of you, it's something else. But wherever you go and when you're talking to God, I challenge you to remember that the firstborn son, Jesus Christ, has already supplied the solution to everything you will need. It's there. Just enter into the relationship. Just enter into the closet. You will find everything you need when you go to the right source. A lot of times we do these drive-by prayers. I don't know if you do this, but I, I do this sometimes. God, thanks for the stuff. Can you help me get a little more stuff? Can, I need help with this. This person's being a pain. Help them. Okay, see you. Bye. Right? That's not really a relationship kind of conversation, is it? Our challenge today is to say the stuff is just the stuff. I'd rather have the solution. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords to me. So what Jesus is describing is intentionality in time. Jesus wants to have a relationship. The question is, will we go to our prayer closet? When we go, will we shut the door of distraction behind us so that we can focus on God, who is our greatest need? It reminds me of that old hymn. I'm going to have Kimmy put the words on. But I feel like this says well what Matthew 6.6 6 is trying to say. So, I'm going to challenge you, if you feel comfortable, sing it with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. If we will turn our eyes on Jesus. and Get alone with Him. If we will learn how to pray with our eyes focused on the solution. Instead of all of our needs or wants. I'm telling you, the, the things of this world, they will grow strangely dim. And anything that doesn't dim is something that God is truly saying you need and God will provide. So today, that's our challenge. In a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer. And, and I don't want to make it sound like, well, we, so we should never bring our needs to God. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if we come to God with our agenda at the offset, we're missing the best part of the relationship. Maybe if we were to leave the agenda and our needs outside and we would focus with God. We'll see this in a couple of weeks where the Lord's Prayer starts not with our needs, but starts with glorifying God. But it doesn't mean that our needs aren't there. We get to our needs in the prayer. But we start from the right place. We start from this relationship with God. That's our challenge. To learn how to go to the God who knows our needs before we have them. The God who has provided for the needs before we ask for them. And the God who does it all in his name. So let's pray together. Jesus, prayer is such a tricky word. It looks different to so many people. I pray that you'll help us to understand more of what prayer is, which is communication with you. It's bringing ourselves submitted before a holy God. It's glorifying you. Trusting that you have the solution and that you are able to provide. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are not anemic in your power. You are not deficient in what's in your closet. You have it filled with everything we will need. Which makes me wonder, Lord, when so many of us deal with struggles, makes me wonder if maybe we're not praying and communicating with you and communing with you the way we should. So, Jesus, will you help us? I pray that you'll help us to be so focused on worshiping you and glorifying your name and elevating your son. God, I pray that you'll help us to be so in tune with your spirit that it almost is as if the things of this world grow dim. We, we don't even think to ask you for them because we know that you'll provide what we need and we just want to spend our time worshiping you. God, I feel like we we waste so much time with you talking about things that aren't relevant to your kingdom. Will you help us to learn to let go of those things? To not even bring them into our tamion. To leave them outside our prayer closet and then to shut the door so that they're not a distraction. Will you teach us how to truly see you and be seen by you. We pray this in your name. Jesus, our risen Savior. Amen.
1: Well, we're going to have a time of communion, but I want to uh, share with you a little bit about, about community, and uh, something that, that I've struggled—a struggle that came to me recently—that really showed me how much we need each other. Uh, you all remember Kevin that was here. He was baptized the same day as Wyatt and, and Dusty, right? Um, we became good friends, and he introduced me to a group of people in Edgewater. Somehow, Edgewater has been in my heart ever since I moved here as a place that needs more Jesus, and um, he ha- he was helping out uh, quite a few people in that community, and he would bring me along and introduce me, and uh, I guess when he passed, he kind of passed some of them on to me, and so uh, I-, I still spent some time with him, and one guy he introduced me to, his name was Teddy. Teddy ran a marine repair scooter motorcycle shop down there, and as I had kind of thought up well, maybe that's the way of business I'm going to go, I started working with Teddy, um, a guy who had been hurt by the church uh, when he was younger. And uh, it's like, man, I'll never go to another church. But we would talk about Jesus. And I worked for him for uh, a month or so and uh, didn't make any money to pay the bills. And it, it was a good time. I saw that wasn't the way I was going to go in business. And uh, so I started down another road. And uh, we we didn't stay in touch too much. but We talked some. Well, uh, recently I had lost lost touch with him. His number had changed and I'd go by the shop, and he wasn't there. Teddy, uh, although we would talk about Jesus, and he didn't quite see how that related to church, but uh, we had good community together, and he would, he would often buy me lunch, and we'd break bread together and uh, share the Pepsi juice together. And uh, I finally yesterday went by the shop and saw a truck there I didn't recognize, and I went and talked to the owner and he, uh, I said, is Teddy here? He's like, no, he's not. And I said, are you, uh, are you new in the shop? I didn't see any of Teddy's old stuff around. He's like, yeah, Teddy's, Teddy's not here. And I said, do you know what happened? And he was hesitant. He's like, I, I, I'm probably not supposed to tell. And I, I explained my relationship with him. And he said, well, uh, Teddy was just struggling too much. And he, uh, he took his own life. And it just, it was heartbreaking. So I was like, man, God put Teddy in my, in my care. And I struggled to find the time to visit as much as I should have. Now, is this on me? I don't, I don't know. But what it does is it teaches me a lesson, is we need each other. So as we share together that, that representation of, of uh, that last meal with, with Jesus, I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, when you get the element, I would like for you to, if you're able to, stand in the in the walkways, this little circle right here. And if you can't stand, stay where you want, sit where you want, or sit in that back bench. But I want us to hold these elements, and I want us to look at each other. That's why we exist, is for each other. Without Jesus, we don't know each other correctly. And without each other, we don't know Jesus So I'm going to invite you up to grab the elements as you normally do, but let's make a circle just so we can look each other in the eyes as we participate together. So feel free to come up. All right, take a look at the people around you. Look them in the eyes. I was talking with Drew recently, and he said there's something special about being here because I know I could call these people, and they'd be there for me when I need them. That is what we are called to be for each other. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray betray him. But he still hoped that his heart would be changed. Look across. Think about the differences you've had. But we are all bonded together by a common thing, and that is the body and blood of Christ. So let's take the bread, as he did with his disciples. And let's eat in remembrance of him. And his blood was shed so that you don't have to live in hopelessness. So that incredibly horrible physical pain doesn't say this is the end. That there is hope beyond today. Look at your brothers and sisters around you and know that there is hope when we're together. Let's drink as he did. Father, we thank you so much for your love, for your sacrifice. And right now I thank you for the hope that you give when there seems to be hopelessness. And might we really understand that the world around us is hurting and they don't have brothers and sisters like we do here that they can depend on through thick and thin. We praise you, Father, and might our hearts become more like yours. In your name, amen.
0: words if you don't if you don't know them they're up there and they're up there but we can kind of sing this benediction to each other so let's sing we sing hallelujah let your kingdom come in our hearts in our homes let your will be done as we go in your name we shout and we proclaim Let your will be done in us. Go in the love and peace of Jesus. We'll see you next Sunday.